We're in a series of messages called Praying Like Paul, Praying Like Paul, and we're looking at some of the prayers that Paul prayed for the churches and the people that he loved uh, and cared for and had spiritual authority in their life. And so uh, I want us to look at uh, Paul's prayer and his vantage point on prayer in the book of Philippians today. Philippians chapter one, let me read a couple verses and then we're going to dive in to something that I think is vital for all of us. Philippians 1.1, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God and all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer, somebody say prayer, with joy in my every prayer, somebody say prayer, for you all, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all, or for y'all. In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now, I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. That's a great promise, isn't it? For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all because I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of grace with me. For God is my witness how I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. This is, a, this is a great passage of Scripture and really see kind of a glimpse into uh, Paul's heart. He, he, he says, I'm praying with joy in view of your participation with me in the gospel. Um, today, I want to talk for a few moments about uh, the collaboration effect, the collaboration effect. Um, the Philippian church had partnered with or collaborated uh, with Paul in the ministry that God had given to him. He is responding to actually a ministry gift, uh, an offering that they had sent to him. And he is saying, when I think about you guys, when I think about your participation, when I think about your collaboration, when I think about how we're in this together, I pray over you with such great joy. I think it's a vital thing to understand that uh, some people are partners in helping us move forward and some people are not partners in helping us move forward. Some people want your time, uh, they want your energy, they want to be around your blessing, your peace, uh, they want to be around everything that's, that's good for you, but they're not necessarily partnering or collaborating with you to move life forward. And I realize that not everybody has to be that, but I, I want to just 
point out how important it is to recognize that you only have so much time, you only have so much energy, and I want to encourage you to understand that you got to make sure the best parts of your time are given to the people who are playing team with you in life. Amen. Uh, there's a lot of people that they're just, they're, they are energy vampires. They, they are blessing vampires. Uh, you know, and so, so understanding, like, your family should get a good chunk of your energy, all right? Your church should get a good chunk of your energy. The people that are on team with you in life. And so when Paul is talking to these guys, he is, uh, he is saying, when I think about your participation, when I think about you collaborating with me, it, I pray with joy over you. I mean, you know, there's some people you pray for and you pray with joy. And there's some people you go, oh my God, please help this one. Anybody, anybody got anybody like that in, in your world? So a collaborator is a person who works jointly on an activity or a project, an associate. Not just somebody who looks at, but somebody who joins in with what we're doing. Collaboration means the action of working with someone to produce something or to create something. So Paul is in jail. Uh, he has been imprisoned for the gospel. And always amazing to me that some of his best letters, the, the pastoral epistles that he wrote, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, were written while he was in jail. He, he used this opportunity. He didn't let the circumstance bring him down. But Paul recognizes that collaboration is essential if I, if you, if we are going to fulfill God's purpose for our life. No one can fulfill their destiny alone. And there are so many forces that push us to isolate, that, you know, you get your feelings hurt, you get somebody took advantage of you, uh, you're in a church and something happened that you wished it wouldn't have happened and you feel terrible and you just don't know if you could ever be part of a church again. Uh, there are people that have maybe done you wrong and work and it's just, and then all of the things that can happen. I mean, we can create all these different scenarios that want to push us and even maybe your personality might just push you towards isolation. And I just want to say to you that, that you will never fulfill the greatest call on your life if you get pushed into isolation. You are, you are gonna, you're going to fulfill the greatest call on your life when you understand the power of collaboration. And I love what him, him praying for collaborators uh, so I think one thing that is a vital prayer for all of us is that we are praying, God, send collaborators to me, like people who get that idea. 
uh, not just people who are energy vampires, but people who really understand they could stand with me and I can stand with them and we can move life forward. And then I think also to learn to pray for the collaborators that are already in our life and, and pray for God's blessing on them. So let me give you a couple of principles of collaboration that I see in this passage that could be helpful for us. Number one is this, collaboration is God's way of doing things. As you read through your Bible, you're going to find over and over again, God gave Adam Eve because Adam needed a collaborator, a partner. He looked at, at Adam all by himself and he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you somebody to be a partner in life. When Jesus sent his disciples out to preach, he didn't send them out alone. He sent them out in teams. He sent them out two by two. Jesus himself did not try to accomplish his ministry on his own. He gathered a bunch of disciples, a bunch of apostles, a bunch of guys together with him. And we know that there's the 12 apostles, but we also find in some of the gospels that there was like a team of 70 people that Jesus sent out. God wants us to understand the power of collaborating, of getting involved, of, of being a partner, not only finding partners for ourselves, but learning how to be a partner. God has partners for us to collaborate with. So the, I think we should always be on the lookout. One, who could I partner with and help them fulfill what God has on their life? And then secondly, who could I partner with that could come into my world and help me fulfill. In other words, I'm always thinking about collaboration, about partnership. And there's, there's people that God wants us to collaborate with. There's ministries that God wants us to collaborate. I can't support every ministry, but there are some ministries that God wants me to collaborate with. There are churches that God wants you to collaborate with. And truthfully, I think there, at some point in our life, we got to get settled into the fact that God would call us to a local church. Doesn't mean we can't support other ministries. Doesn't mean that we can't even support uh, other churches. But at the end of the day, God wants you to be part of a local church family to collaborate with that church in fulfilling the Great Commission. Church is a call to collaboration. When, when God calls you or me to be part of a church, what he's calling us to, he's not just calling us to attend a meeting at a building every once in a while. He's calling us to a place of collaboration. I'm going to take the gift that God has given to me, and I'm going to help collaborate with my church to fulfill God's purpose for my life and for our church, right? 
And, and so when God pulls you in to a church family or a church body, he's not called you to a place that's got it all together. He's not called you to a, a, a perfectly set up church situation, but you can be perfectly placed in an imperfect situation. We're all called to the collaboration project. We are collaborators in this thing. And you're never able to become a part of something great unless you could learn how to collaborate. Last weekend, uh, as we do every weekend, give people an opportunity to respond to Christ, to you know, surrender to Jesus for the first time, come back to him, make sure they're right with him. Then last weekend, it, which is pretty much normal kind of uh, numbers, 10 people raised their hand and said, yes, I, I want to come be right with Jesus. I want to come back to Jesus. Now, here's, here's what I know. Uh, I probably couldn't have done that on my own, and you probably couldn't have done it on your own, but the collaboration of all of us you know, whether you made a coffee or you worked as an usher or you helped with the worship team or you worked with the kids or whatever you did, all of that came together and we led 10 people to Jesus together. And I, I look at some people that they, somehow they get this idea that isolated uh, Christianity it can be a superior thing. And I just want to encourage you to know that is not how God does things. Just to have an isolated relationship with Jesus is not going to help you accomplish very much. We got to learn how to collaborate. We got to learn how essential that is. And, and maybe there's something in your personality or your outlook that kind of makes it hard for you to move into collaboration. But could I ask you and pray for you that that would get healed in your life? Because, hey, if you want to have a good marriage, you got to learn how to collaborate, right? If, if you want to have a healthy family, you got to learn how to collaborate. If you, wanna, if you want work to go well, you got to learn. If you want church to go well, you got to think collaboration. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse uh, 9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls... The one will lift up his companion. Woe to the one who falls when there's not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? If one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. Two is always better than one. Don't isolate. Collaborate. Proverbs 18, one says, he who separates himself seeks his own desire and he quarrels against all sound wisdom. This is, this is Paul's frame of mind. Is in view of your 
participation. Man, I just love praying for you guys. The second idea that I see with Paul's prayer here is to learn how to collaborate with what God is doing. So Paul is starting off his letter to the Philippians with a prayer for his collaborators, for his partner. His prayer is birthed out of a confidence that God is at work in their life, right? So this great promise, he says, I'm praying this and I'm, I'm praying the promise over you. Philippians 1.6, I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. The source of effective prayer is plugging in to what God is already doing. If, if God has started a work in someone, he has committed himself to finish that work, to bring it to completion. As a person who cares about the growth and depth of people's walk with Jesus, I could tell you, you could get pretty worn out trying to drag rocks through life, trying to get people, come on, man, let's pray. Come on, man, let's serve. Come on, man, let's worship. Come on, man, let's get involved. You could get, you could get pretty tired doing that. And there's got to come a point where you just step back and you go, you know what? When I see God working in somebody's life, I'm going to throw fuel on the fire. Now, I'm going to try to save you some, some heartache and some backache with this and understand this. So he's praying for them. He's praying, look, I know God's already working in your life. And that's how prayer really works. You you, you take the time to discover what is on the heart of God and partner your heart with God's heart. Prayer is not us trying to talk God into doing something that he's not already doing. Prayer is, it's, it's, it's a little, now one thing I know about God, he's kind, he's powerful, He's merciful, but he's also stubborn. And because he's the wisest being that exists. And what he is doing is always the best for his glory, but for the good of mankind. And one of the best things that we could learn how to do is say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see where God is working and then I'm going to partner with that. That's what prayer is. Prayer is this discovery of what God is actually doing. Not just what I want him to be doing, but what he is actually doing. Prayer is not just this request list, God, would you please do this? Prayer is, God, what are you doing and how can I collaborate with you in doing it. You find out where God is doing things. Find out where God is working and become a partner with that. 
Instead of, instead of getting focused on, here, God, here's what I want you to do. Take some time, quiet your soul, get in the presence of God, get in his word, and find out what God is actually doing, and then start working with him and become a partner with him. Collaborate with God in what he's doing. Focus on what God is actually doing. The third collaboration concept is this. Collaborators are not policemen. They are partners. This is a good attitude to have toward the people that God partners you with. God started a work in them, and God has committed to finish it. Anybody know what it's like to have an imperfect partner? Anybody recognize they are an imperfect partner? Thank you for coming to church today. You just came. You just came to a totally imperfect church. Led by a completely imperfect pastor. You have an imperfect spouse. <laughs> I wouldn't name in too loud on that one. That, that's just a little help. You have imperfect kids. Come on, somebody. Right? You more than likely have an imperfect boss. You have imperfect employees imperfect co-workers, and the truth is, the last thing that we want to do is get involved in policing people's lives. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Here, this collaboration isn't policing someone, something. Collaboration is recognizing wherever God's at work, I'm going to be a part of that. And everybody that's in my life, my spouse, my friends, my church, my pastor, the people I work with, they're all on a journey. And the Holy Spirit is a way better teacher than I ever could be. Come on. And... And I, it's a good thing to take the hands of policing off and just allow God to get to work. I mean, you know, he can do a good job. He, he can, give, give people space. Give people grace. The Bible says God will finish what he has started in people's lives. Fourth idea in the collaboration effect is this. Collaborators 
stay connected in their heart. So Philippians 1, 7, he says, it's only right for me to feel this way about you all because I have you in my heart. Since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of grace with me. You got to stay connected in your heart to your collaborators. I remember when uh, Suzette and I were going to uh, Bible college in Dallas at that particular time, quite a few years ago, First Baptist Church in Dallas uh, had had uh, historically incredible pastors uh, through the years, but they were kind of in a bit of a slump period at the time that we were there. And uh, we, we had to go there for something. I forget what the situation was. But we discovered that First Baptist Church in Dallas had 25,000 members on its roll, membership roll. But when they had Wednesday night church, which was super popular at that time, 75 people would show up. 25,000 people were like, my name is on a piece of paper. 75 people said, my heart is connected to my church. Can you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we try to figure out who is or isn't in, like connected to our church. It, it's not easy, <laughs> especially since COVID has happened. And the reality is it doesn't matter how many names are on a list. It matters whose heart is connected to the house. Amen. And what I'm saying is you got to stay in touch with the heart issues of what's going on in the people that are in your world. In other words, you got you to gotta have an idea of what's going on in the heart of your spouse. You got to have an idea of what's actually going on in the heart of your kids. You got to have an idea about what's going on in the heart of the people that you work with. You got to have an idea about the heart of your church. And I, I realize people are, they're on the journey. And I, again, I'm not trying to be a policeman to anybody but I'm always calling our church to get it. Like, we don't want to police you. We don't want to check off your attendance at any meeting or any particular thing. But, but if, you, if, you, if you can't hear the heart behind the call to prayer for our church right now, I'm asking you to hear the heart behind the call to prayer for our church right now. And here's what I've discovered is that the, the dailies, just the blur of the dailies can all of a sudden get you disconnected from the heart of the people that are in your world. You got to keep your heart connected. 
It's, you know, it's, it's too easy just to slip into a church service and then slide out the door as soon as the meeting is over. The, the call to be part of a local church family is about connecting with the heart. This is what I say too. All you guys online, I love you, but I think you've got the hardest job on the planet because to stay connected and be a real collaborator with your church to me would seem a whole lot harder from your couch than it is from actually being with us together. All right, I got to move. Number five, uh, I can tell I've blessed as many people as I can with that, especially, hey, don't turn us off, by the way. <laughs> Number five, share the hard times with your collaborators. Philippians 1.7, again, it's only right for me to feel this way about you all because I have you in my heart since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel you all are partakers of grace with me. They, they were identifying, Paul's not in an up season. Paul's in a down season. He's in prison. Loyalty is tested by adversity. You don't want people that are your friends just when things are going good for you because they just want to be friends with the good things. What you want is somebody that says, we are connected together and if you're in a good season, I'm with you and if you're in a tough season, I also am with you. Come on. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves so at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A collaboration relationship that has endured a hard time with you is on a different level than somebody who's just been around in the sunshine, right? Something about persevering together through a hard time can create a bond and a relationship that's on a whole different level, right? And I want to say, there are people and there are churches that you know you're, you're called to be a part of it. And learning how to partner with people as they go through a hard time can cement something powerful in your relationship. When every relationship at some point comes under attack because of the value of being connected. And I'm just saying to you, it's a powerful thing to learn how to say, I'm gonna stick with my brother. I'm gonna stick with my sister. I'm gonna stick with what God's called me to be a part of. The enemy loves to destroy and to divide collaborators. Your destiny is found in collaboration. Your demise is found in isolation. And here's the last idea I want to talk about before we pray together is 
get the heart of God for your collaborators. Philippians 1.8 says, God is my witness, how I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. Paul had tapped in to the affection. Isn't it a beautiful thing to know that Jesus has affection for you? Paul had tapped in to the affection of Jesus for his collaborators. You're, sometimes your love for people can grow thin. Sometimes your patience with people can grow thin. I always think it's an interesting thing when Jesus is having his last uh, moments conversation with Peter. And he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, you know I do, Lord. He said, well, feed my sheep. Do you really love me, Peter? Yes. Tend my lambs. Do you really, like, really love me? Feed my sheep. I always think it's interesting. Jesus didn't ask Peter, do you love my sheep? He said, do you love me? If you love me, feed my sheep. Something about tapping in to the heart of God for your collaborators can make you last. Don't, don't develop affection for the people that God, like you care. Dis, try to discern what is on the heart of God for the people who are joined to you. I'm here to say to all of us today, because I think a lot of people are hurt by relational wounds. It may have come from your family. It may have come through an experience. It may come through an ex of some kind. But there are wounds that have pushed people into isolation. They may come around every once in a while, but the truth is, they're not going to give their heart to a situation. And I just believe God wants to heal that in our life. I just want to say to you, God has both collaboration partners for your life, but he also has people that he wants you to collaborate with. I want you to bow your heads, if you would, please, and close your eyes. I think the wisest move any one of us could ever make is to say, God, I'm going to collaborate with you in my life. Father, I'm praying for every person in this room. All of us have experienced situations that have caused us just to throw up our hands in despair and say, forget it. It's not worth the effort. God, I'm praying right now that you're breaking through all of that. Father, I'm praying for for collaborators to come into every person's world. God, for the vision, for the ministry, for the calling, for the work. God, for the fulfillment of what you have on each life. I'm praying for people that are in this service, that are watching online, that you are calling to attach their heart to this house. God, that they will be able to leave whatever has happened in the past behind and attach their heart 
to the house of God. With your head bowed, your eyes closed, give me just a minute. Maybe you're here today. You've never actually surrendered your life to Jesus. The idea of collaborating with God in life seems almost foreign to you. It's like, I just thought God wanted me to obey. But the idea of partnering with God and living uh, an abundant life, wow, to go there. Or maybe you're here today, you could look back to a time where you used to be close to the Lord, closer than you are today. But something has happened, something has come in the way. You're here today, you're listening online, and God is calling you to come back into your heartfelt relationship with Jesus. I want to pray with you. Maybe you just don't know where you stand really. You don't feel confident about where you stand with God. Nobody's looking around. This is just a moment for you to be honest before the Lord. But if you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I want to surrender to Jesus, or I need to come back to Jesus, or I want to know for sure I'm right with Jesus. If you just find yourself not connected in your heart, to Jesus, and you want to make that move, you want to open your heart, you say, Pastor, pray with me. I want you to lift your hand real high all over this room. Just be honest for a moment. Be honest with God. Be honest with yourself. Just open up your heart and say yes to Jesus. Say yes to coming back. Say yes to being sure you're right with Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Let's pray this prayer together. Everybody pray it out loud with me. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I want you in my life as my Lord. <laughs> I know I've sinned. I have messed up. But I'm coming to the cross where you paid the price for my total forgiveness. Today is a fresh start and a new beginning as I surrender to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen.